and welcome to my podcast, The Reality of Reality TV. I'm Fleur East, and I've had my fair share of experiences in reality TV on The X Factor and on I'm a Celebrity. I've always been asked the same questions. So I wanted to find out for you what reality TV is really like. I've done my research, I've found various people from different types of reality shows, and I've dug deep to bring to you the truth behind reality TV. Let's get stuck in with the first episode. Hi everyone, I'm the Vivian, and I'm talking to the gorgeous Fleur East about my reality of reality TV. In this episode, I caught up with the winner of the UK edition of RuPaul's Drag Race because I am obsessed with the show and I can't wait for you to listen. Here's how it went down. Judah Doubts, the best podcast of all podcasts with me, Donald J. Trump. Thank you. <laughs> it's just so good. Okay, I am very excited today to be joined by fabulous UK drag queen, winner of the first ever UK edition of Drag Race. It is no one other than the Vivian. Hi, gorgeous. How are you? <laughs> so good. You don't understand how excited I am to be talking to you because I've been obsessed with Drag Race for the longest time, from season <laughs> one when it was like run down, but I was still there. Like, you loving. had to scour the internet for an illegal download link. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wait for it to buffer to see who'd been eliminated. <laughs> Yes, and for the longest time, I really wanted a UK edition. So, oh my God, didn't everyone? I think we were all campaigning for it for about five, six years. And I think in the end, we just accepted the fact we were never going to have it or it was never going to be in our lifetime kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, there was this thing from RuPaul on Facebook or whatever it was that said, I'm looking for a UK queen. And everyone just kind of dropped what they were doing, grabbed a camera and recorded an audition tape. And here we are. <laughs> it's just so cool. Like you've done so much as well since then. So you won the show. You've then got your own reality TV show. Yeah, it's been a, been a crazy year. Actually, was it Newcastle that you came to the tour? I came to Birmingham. Yeah, and I think when you came backstage, me and Bagger had had a few to drink. Yes. We were always the, uh, the naughty ones on the tour. You know, when you've got to do a meet and greet, it sounds all showbiz, and then you've got to stand for an hour and meet people who are dying mm -hmm. to meet you and stuff like that. So a pink gin and lemonade, <laughs> you know, it always goes down to treat, and me and Bagger are always the naughty ones on tour. But yeah, absolutely crazy year. Winning Drag Race was insane. And then going to Hollywood film the reality show and and doing music and Netflix shows. And so it's just great. You've got to, you've just got to pinch yourself all the time and just be grateful for it. So much has happened. But what I want to know is what was life like before you even got into reality TV, before you even became a drag queen? What happened? Well, I grew up in Wales. I'm actually from Wales originally and then moved to Liverpool when I was 16. I think I finished school on the Friday and then I moved to Liverpool on the Saturday. You know, when you grow up somewhere and you just kind of think this is not me for the rest of my life, I need mm -hmm. to get out of here. There was no chance of me becoming a makeup artist or anything in, in North Wales. So I moved down to Liverpool and then within about two months found out what the gay clubs were and was just like, oh, this is fab. <laughs> <laughs> so then I saw some drag queens for the first time on the door of a club called Pink. And then I was stood outside with the owner having a ciggy. And uh, I was just like, can I have a go one night? So I think I got offered 30 quid and a few blue wickets and then just kind of worked my way up from there. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> that is amazing. And then obviously you had a whole career as a drag queen. You were then even the UK ambassador for Drag Race. 
Yeah, I I tried to break into TV when I was about 17. I auditioned for Britain's Got Talent as Cher. (gasps) Amanda was away having the baby, so I got three yeses, and then it was all in the papers. And then, as you know, with TV, you're kind of watching it every week, and then it was nowhere to be seen. It lives on in, like, paper cuttings. No way! (laughs) Yeah, and then just little bits of things before Drag Race, like an MTV show called Just Tattoo of Us. And then the ambassador thing, that was you know, insane that Rue came over and wanted an ambassador for the brand and won that and then won Drag Race all these years on. You know, before Drag Race was over here, it was trying to get into the mainstream of taking your drag somewhere else. I did find myself applying for shows like, you know, Just Tattoo of Us or being an extra on Big Brother's Bet on the Side, stuff like that, just to get your face shown out there when drag wasn't as much of a thing in the UK. What's the best thing about reality TV? I think the best thing about reality TV is definitely being able to show the world what you can do especially as a drag queen where you know drag for years was always stuck underground in gay bars in dingy little nightclubs since we had lily savage back in the late 80s early 90s as soon as i don't want to say got rid of lily savage that sounded awful as soon as she <laughs> as soon as she hung her heels up there was nothing on uk tv and then drag race came about and then everyone fell in love with it even more so Was that the main thing for you? Because you said like you wanted to get yourself out there. You were trying kind of any avenue. Like what was, what was the end goal? Like why, why Drag Race? Drag Race is the perfect, you know, they call it the Olympics of drag all the time. It's a great way to not just show you're a great drag queen, but you can show that you can act, you can sing, you can, well, kind of, (laughs) you you know, all the, all the challenges set you up to be able to show what you can do. And not everyone shows what they can do. You know, I failed in the girl group challenge. (laughs) Maybe a girl group is not on the cards for the future but yeah being able to show that you can act if there's a script thrown at you or present or you can do impressions for me my two reality experiences have been x factor which is like a straight down the line talent show and then the jungle which is more about like testing your physical endurance like your mental endurance all of that kind of thing how was the jungle like oh my god me and david sit in bed david's my husband by the way we sit in bed you know because when you've got a a talent manager and stuff like that there's always the kind of are you going to do strictly are you going to do the jungle Mm -hmm. you know what if these offers come in and and i sit and i go i don't know if i could do the jungle i do i basically I i was like i don't know if i can actually do this and they kept knocking on my door for like three years in a row i bet come on we want you on the show we think you'd be great and i was like guys i can't survive about seasoning what don't you understand (laughs) cold showers every day no they're not the things that bother me like those spiders and snakes and i love animals so i hug my dog all day long but throwing me in a pit with loads of snakes don't i would physically (laughs) die i'd make a show of myself and i'd end up screaming and just i'd be out there in a week that's like a challenge in itself and then like x factor is like a challenge in a different way but i think i was going to say watching drag race that is almost like the ultimate talent show of all talent shows because you have to like sing, dance, act. You have to perform as a drag queen. You have to make people laugh. You have to actually create your outfits. You need to be able to lip sync. Like there's so many elements to it. It's like, oh my goodness. And the hardest challenges are always the, you know, the girl group challenge was really hard. The finale challenge, you know, where you've got to do that big performance. Each challenge takes two days to film you've got to write lyrics in your hotel room at night so that means you're not sleeping that night then you've got to go back on set record it and then learn choreography and then 
the same day you're on the stage in front of Rue. And I think that's where I flopped in the girl group challenge because you can go into rehearsals and go, right, girls, we've got this. I mean, you saw how confident we all were. And then you go on that stage and then you go, I've got to do this in front of Rue and Michelle. And Michelle's just like staring you in the eye. And then that one little slip up and it just threw me for the whole thing. It's hard work, drag racing. To anyone, you know, baby queens, they're everywhere now. And they think, oh, I'm going to audition, I'm going to audition. I'm like, you do that, but just make sure you know it is not an easy end to being a celebrity or being a star. It is such hard work. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad you said that because when I've been watching Drag Race in the past, like my husband would walk in and just go, what's this then? And he'll think, okay, that's your kind of show. Like, I don't know if like I can sit down with you and watch this. And I'm like, no, babe. And there was a time where, because he's into fashion, he's got his own clothing line. And I said, sit down, please. And just watch this runway for me. Just please. (laughs) And he sat down and he was like, oh my goodness, this is unreal. And I was like, see the talent in this. Like, it's not just a superficial show. Like when you get down to the bare bones, there's so much talent and so much just art that you can admire when you watch Yeah, and so much heart to it as well. You really get to see the people behind. Because when I started drag, I started drag 12 years ago. Drag race wasn't even a thing. So being a drag queen, you always kind of hid behind this persona. People, you'd walk down the street and people wouldn't know who it was. But now you see the person behind it. You see the struggles that drag queens have, just like everyone else. You learn the stories about how their families reacted to it or how they were treated in school. And you just kind of see that we're just humans like everyone else. And drag is kind of like that superhero cape to be someone else and show your authentic self, as Rue would say. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Literally, there's so many questions that I have for you, but I just need to get stuck into the realities that you gave me. So let's get into it. (laughs) One of your realities, you said what you said, don't blame the edit. Yeah, I mean, for Drag Race especially, you see so many queens come off it and they're like, oh, I was painted as a villain. They edited me to look this way. And I'm like, girl, shut up. You've been through reality TV. You know Mm -hmm. that there is an editing room and things can be heightened or played down. But at the end of the day, you said what you said. And I think it's so easy to try and blame and edit. At the end of the day, if you said it, they can't edit those words into your mouth. Was there ever a moment that you watched it back and you were like, oh, I don't think that edit was in my favour or I don't really like the way that came out? No, not. I mean, I always say don't blame the edit. There is things that don't get shown. If you feel like you've been come across a bit bitchy, guess what, girl? You were probably a bit bitchy. <laughs> 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 oh, that's a harsh reality for a lot of people out it, there hearing this. But then there's also those times where you think, oh my God, I wish they'd have shown that bit because that would have made me look a bit more softer or it would have, have shown that I was helping other girls. One of your other realities was have fun. That's quite open and quite vague. And like, especially in a competition setting, that's quite hard to do all the time. Like I remember when I was on X Factor and it was like the audition stages Again, like it's it's heavily edited so people don't see the whole experience. And there were moments where before I'd even got to live shows where I'd had to sing like three or four songs um, before I'd even got to a stage where they said, okay, you kind of just made it through. But then when you watch the show back, it showed one song and I just made it through. Like there was no issue. So there were times where for sure it was not fun or like seeing people leave the competition or finding out you got, you know, not a great week that week on the X Factor, like wasn't a good song. And you see things in the press about you and you're all of a sudden on this platform and so many people are judging you. So were there ever moments or what were the elements of it that weren't fun? 
I, I wouldn't say that it wasn't. For, I always say that Drag Race was the best experience of my life, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. But going into Drag Race, it's easy to kind of go, right, oh, my God, the camera's on now. What should I do? Let's try and say something funny. Let me try and be sad or let me try and get into this conversation. You've got to walk in the workroom and just be the drag queen that you know you are. And don't be afraid to look stupid because I think dropping those barriers and having fun with everything that you do on it is the best way you could possibly attack anything in life, I suppose. Look at me being all there. I feel like a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I mean by have fun with it. It, You know, drag is fun. We only see a little bit of the work that you put into something. So, for example, we watch a show and you're in the workroom for like, what, 10, not 10 minutes, not even that, a total yeah. maybe of 10 minutes across a, an episode. But what is the work actually like? Because you're making outfits from scratch. You're learning scripts. Like, give me a little insight into what the work is actually like. Take the acting challenge, for example. It's the second second episode. You still don't know everyone. And then you get given this script and you've got an hour to learn it. During that hour, RuPaul has come in to do the walk around. And during that hour, you've had to go into costume because the costumes for Downs and Draggy were provided because we didn't know what the acting challenge was. So there's Mm. no way we could prepare for it. So within that hour, you've probably done half an hour of learning your lines and then you've got to get into drag, you know, and then you've got to go and sit in front of Michelle Visage and deliver these lines perfectly. And it just does not happen like that. You know, it's, it's such hard work. A lot of people look at Drag Race. They look at queens like Bianca Del Rio and Alyssa Edwards and see that they have made themselves millions of dollars and then they look at that and go oh I can do that oh that's easy I'm a good drag queen I can paint my face but then they get there and they go oh my god I didn't realize it was going to be this hard and I hate to use a queen from this season as an example there's so many queens in exactly like Dahlia Sin bless her amazing queen it's easy to look at fashion and makeup and think that's the be all and end all of drag but especially in the UK it is probably the thing that comes last. I love a queen that looks amazing and takes pride in their stuff. But Myra Dubois, she's an amazing queen on the circuit. She looks like your old auntie that's gone to a funeral. She's had a few (laughs) bevies. But then she goes on stage and she's just absolutely amazing and hilarious and funny. Lily Savage is another great perfect example. Mm. She was dressed like an old hooker from Liverpool, but She's just absolutely amazing. I think the talent is the the most important thing and what you can do on stage. There's always, like, drama. That is a big feature. It's like you come for the outfits, you come for the runway, you come for the lip-sync battle, but you also come for the drama. You just want some (laughs) drama. You're like, yes, oh, my God, let me see what's going down. You're like, ooh, the one-liners, like, everything. It's it's amazing. (laughs) And obviously there was a little bit, a little bit of drums between you and Davina. No. The wig and the dress. I mean, <laughs> everyone will remember that. <laughs> I think in every season, there's always that iconic argument. You know, it was Shangela with the, the sugar daddy. Yes. Alyssa and, Alyssa and Coco. I'm not joking, bitch. <laughs> so when it happened on the show, we both stopped and looked at each other and went, oh my God, that's, that's going to be it, isn't it? Going back to not knowing what's going to happen, that moment was so not produced. I think it was boiling up to the point where, you know, me and Davina had been friends for 12 years and we still are friends, but things were happening in the room. Mm. You know, I think she'd got in her own head a hell of a lot and I think she admits that and she'll always admit that. I think it was the fact that I hadn't chosen for the girl group challenge. Yeah. And if you actually look back, it wasn't my choice. No. It was Crystal picked the teams. And then she went back and said, well, who would you have chosen? 
And because I didn't say her again, I was like, but babe, it was never my choice. Like, mm. why are you, why are you hanging on this thing? And then in the end, I, just, I said it like, and that's how I felt in the moment. Oh. You, look, you watch it back and you go, oh. And you clearly don't value what I do as a drag queen. And that is also fine. I'll be 100% honest with you. Now that I've seen you here, you are 20 times the drag queen you are in the outside world. Because for the past 10 years, I've seen Davina in a red wig and a silver dress. A red wig and a silver dress? I don't think. Oh, whatever. I think it's become the most TikTok bloody moment. <laughs> <laughs> just see everyone going, a red wig and a silver dress? I don't think. <laughs> it's just so good. It's amazing. And obviously being on a reality show and doing what you love is so much fun. Like you said, it's really easy to enjoy the process. But when you're in a competition... And particularly like in Drag Race, a lot of you kind of know each other, like especially in the UK version, because it's such a small industry. How do you keep it fun and light when you're like, you're battling it out? <laughs> I mean, it is hard because you've got your eyes on that prize. But the, like you've just said, you know a lot of the queens in there. You, obviously, you don't know who's going to be there until you walk in that workroom. It's finding that balance of wanting to take them all out, but then wanting to have a great time with it as well and have fun. You know, the friendship that blossomed between me and Bagger is just money can't buy friendships like that. And because me and Bagger had known each other for years, so we'd bump into each other at a nightclub or something like that and say hi and keep in touch on Facebook. Just having that chance to have that friendship with her was absolutely fab and we have a good laugh together. <laughs> yes, you definitely do. I've seen it. I've seen it backstage. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> One of your realities that you shared is just be yourself and don't try and produce. Can you talk a bit more about that? Yeah, I think it's, especially with shows like The X Factor and Britain's Got Talent, they are so well known for their sob stories. You know, the music comes on and the violins. <laughs> yeah. And then as they come to the end of their audition, you know how it's going to go because that it's usually like the love theme from Love Actually or something. Da, 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 and you go, oh, God. And then, you know, as soon as they get the yeses, that the big part of the song's going to come on and everyone's going to clap. I think if I was auditioning for The X Factor, I would, like you said, I would be so in my head about it. And I know I say that you shouldn't, but sometimes you can't, you just can't help it. You, you know, when you're with Ant and Deck, for example, when I was on Britain's Got Talent and you're stood there and you kind of go, oh, like, how, how was your day? How was your trip today getting up here? And you can either go, oh, yeah, it was great. Or, oh, well, I was really nervous. Or, do I show my nerves? Or do I, you know, have I had a drink? Or have I been trying to prepare? Or how are you, how are you trying to prepare then you could either just say, oh, yeah, I just prepared, I've just learned my song and I've come here. And then you go, oh, but no, that's going to sound boring. Um, I learned my song and then the bus crashed and then um, I had to get, <laughs> rob someone's scooter off the side of the road and then I got here. So does that sound subserious enough or does that was that too much? Or <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so do you think there's been times, because I've literally been in that position as well, like on X Factor in particular, when they're trying to get like, what everyone calls the sub story out of you they're trying to get to the core of like who is this person what is your history why should people vote for you why should people get behind you and I've definitely been in situations where I've sat with a producer for a good hour and they've been trying to almost like get some sort of emotional reaction out of me and I almost felt like I'd failed them by not crying or you know I was kind of known as like the robot because I wouldn't cry like as soon as someone spoke to me and I was like but I'm really happy to be here like why should I cry I'm really excited about this you kind of get to a point though where you sort of you find your flow and you find your rhythm I think initially you are in your head a lot because you're aware of the cameras and you're aware that oh my gosh this moment's finally here especially after years of 
preparing and years for the opportunity. Yeah, the confessionals for Drag Race are a perfect example of that because you sit in that chair and they go, so tell us your name and where you're from. And it took me ages to kind of find that flow because I'd be like, hi, everyone, I'm the Vivian. And it's like, no, 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 no. And then you try again and you're still trying to be that. And instead, you can you can just go, hi, I'm the Vivian. I'm from Liverpool. I'm 27. And that is how I speak. And that is how people know me. You kind of got to look at yourself and go, right, when this comes out, are people going to be like, well, that's not Vivian? It's, it's you just you're battling yourself constantly in your head. For me in particular, one of the biggest compliments, I think, after coming off of reality TV is that people, you know, come up to you and go, oh, my God, you were so yourself. Yeah. You were just so you. <laughs> The worst thing about reality TV is you can't, you don't see any of it until it, the moment it airs on screen. You can text producers all day long saying, please, can you just send me a little clip? The first episode of Drag Race we saw at the premiere in London with a room with hundreds of people in, and you're sat there just going, oh my God, like it's the first time I'm going to see it in front of all these people, seeing their reactions, seeing if they were laughing at the right times. It is so, so nerve-wracking. But it's, it's the worst part of, of reality TV, not knowing what it's going to look like until the minute you see it. Viewing parties as well, because with Drag Race comes the viewing parties where you'll have a nightclub that's booked you to come and watch it in a room full of drunk people <laughs> when you're sat there like that. And they put you right in front of the screen on like a big chair with everyone else is having a ball and you're just sat there like that going, oh my God, oh my God. The worst thing is the episode that you you know you're in the bottom two, nobody knows apart from you in that oh, room. yeah. And then the reaction when you're saved from Rue, the reaction you either, Shantae or Sasha, that whole room could be like fuming that I was saved that week. Or are they being nice because they know I'm in the room? And then, you, and then you're in your head again going, oh my God. See, that is fascinating because I didn't even think about that. Because both shows I've done, they've gone out as I'm doing them. Seven months and then go in a room full of gays judging everyone. I'm probably judging everyone as well. <laughs> seven months. What did you go through, like, mentally in those seven months, knowing that it was going to come out and also not knowing what people were going to see? Uh, well, sometimes you'd forget that you'd even done it. And then I felt all right about it. I felt good about it because I knew how far I'd got. I knew I was in the final. I didn't know who'd won. You just go through a million things. How is this going to look? Am I going to look shiny at that part? Was <laughs> an eyelash on wonky? I put a lot of weight on as well by the time I got to the show. So that was a big thing as well. Because when we, when I got the phone call from it, I think I had three weeks to prepare. And I was like, right, I'm going on a diet. Didn't. I think that was a scary part. How am I going to look? How am I going to look on camera? Are you going to be able to see my lace? What's my makeup going to be like? Because mm. with drag, you're constantly learning and doing new things and evolving. You know, my makeup is never the same as a month ago. So I was like, this was seven months ago. People are going to be like, well, she looks different. She does on Instagram. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so true. Yeah, I was happy with it. I could have been a bit thinner. but. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel like you put, you probably had added pressure then when you were watching it because you couldn't like scream to anyone and like defend what you've done? Yeah, there's no defending what you've done. But Drag Race fans are rabid. They are the, I think they're the best fan base in the world, but they can also be super toxic and you see it every week with a new episode that comes out and you go, do you know what? The whole Be Kind movement from Bless Caroline Flack mm -hmm. and just absolutely horrendous. And I think it's the, it's the dark side of reality TV that people don't see. And everyone was campaigning, be kind, be kind, be kind. And then, you know, I'd have instances on Twitter where someone would send me a horrific tweet or inbox and then you click on their profile and three tweets left before that was be kind, stop being toxic. 
You go, what's the matter with you? Just what is wrong with you? It, reality TV, you've got to have a super strong backbone and don't read the comments. And I'm the worst person for it sometimes. <laughs> you can't help yourself, can you? Especially when they come to your page and do it. You yeah. know, and you go, what? Just go, go away. Go and pick up your favorite queen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because a lot of the time they're actually following you as well. Yeah. I yeah. don't understand that you followed uh-huh. me to just insult me. Yeah, it, it, it's insane. I'll never understand the... I think the best piece of advice I always got from it was just ignore them because if you could zoom in on their life, it'd probably be a 12-year-old girl sat in a shed in the far <laughs> end of America with nothing else to do but hate on Drag Race. Yes. And I, th- I think some people don't realise what they say is so toxic and harmful. They're just saying, oh, well, that queen that I don't know is a real person on a mm-hmm. TV show. I didn't like them. I like this one better. She should have won. You don't realise I'm going to see that, especially if you tag me in it. Don't tag me in it. (laughs) Say what you've got to say, but don't tag me. Like, I don't want to see it. (laughs) Well, this is another element of the show that I didn't even consider until speaking to you right now, because obviously on X Factor, you're kind of going through the motions as people are commenting about you. You're You're so focused on the competition that you see bits of it, but, you know, if your head's in the game, you don't really notice it. And then on the jungle, you come out and the experience is done and you're not really going to go through like old tweets. Oh, I was. <laughs> I'd have to lock myself in my room for a week. <laughs> but it's like a whirlwind. So you're kind of just going with the momentum and you it's hard to kind of look back. The thing is as well, it's, it's so personal because a lot of them will be talking about you know, oh, that dress she was wearing wasn't very nice or whatever. And but then you've made that dress. There's like, yeah, it, it's just mind blowing. It's art, and drag is so personal to you. Yeah, it's it's hard sometimes. There's wowza. You must be so much stronger after being through that. You never get used to it. I got a message on Instagram yesterday. That's not even on one of their posts that they've tagged me and I've seen by accidentally. They've took the time to message me on Instagram. And say, I think they said, you were my least favourite in the world. It's all about Miss Vanji. I, th- I think I just messaged back saying, thanks so much for sharing with Three Love Hearts. And then you get, this is the most interesting part. Then you get a message back saying, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it that way. I love you. And you go, right. So you wanted validation from me. Yes. I've seen the message. And now that I've seen the message and you didn't think I was going to see the message, you just, oh, you just, it's just mind blowing. It's so frustrating. It's so, so hard. But I'm so glad that you've touched on it and you're, that you're being so honest about it as well. Yeah. Just kill them with kindness. That, that's probably the best advice. Just kill them with kindness or don't even respond at all. You know, just send them a love heart or say, thank you, darling and then mute or block or move on (laughs) particularly with drag I mean we all wear makeup we all dress up we all kind of I guess wear some form of mask being a performer or being a singer you you kind of have a certain persona but with drag you take on a whole new identity you know there's loads of elements where we saw James on Drag Race yeah but then there's elements where we saw the Vivian and a lot of the time what you're being judged on is the Vivian is your persona and it's a whole other identity in a way, right? So how do you stay true to you and which you <laughs> are you staying true to? How do you keep it real when you're kind of playing two, two parts almost? I mean, drag's interesting. I think Rue always says, you know, drag doesn't hide who you are, it reveals who you are. I'd say the Vivian is James just with a massive boost of confidence. I get to be this gorgeous, glamorous person. I don't feel I am out of drag. You know, I worry about my weight out of drag, but I, and Vivian can put a corset on and hips and make that perfect body. Or I worry about, you know, because I shave my eyebrows off as a boy, but I can have these gorgeous eyebrows and huge lashes and perfect hair. And it just gives you that confidence to go, yeah, do you know what? I am fab and 
I think Vivian just gives James a stronger voice. Mm. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like this big identity crisis. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like as the saying goes, you're born naked and the rest is drag. The rest is seven inches of makeup. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's great. The, the makeover challenges are always amazing because um, you know when my mum came in on oh. the family makeover episode. She was just like, what is going on? I was like, my mum's in Drag Race, what is going on? She was so, so nervous. And then she, she was looking at me before we went out on stage and you hear Rue say, the Vivian and the mother. She just banged straight away, down that yes. way, having a ball, waving. She, my, my own mother is a, is a gif. Is it a gif or a gif? <laughs> I don't even know. Gif, gif. <laughs> who knows? Meme, meme, who knows? It's just amazing to see the confidence boost it gives and... Like Ruth says, reveals who they really are. And sometimes you can reveal a monster. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes a wonderful queen, as we have yes. <laughs> in our presence here today. <laughs> Do you ever feel like exposed sometimes? Because you were quite real. Like even when you were out of drag and you were in the workroom and you were talking about, you know, your past, you were talking about drug addiction, mm-hmm. you were highlighting issues, especially in the LGBTQ community. Oh, definitely. I mean, the addiction story was so unexpected to come out. I think it came about, we were having a conversation about things that are harming the LGBTQ, especially gay, young gay men. Then the thing about drugs came along and I never went on Drag Race thinking I was going to share that because my parents didn't know about it. My family, mm-hmm. did, the only person who knew about it were my close friends, my husband. So when that came out of my mouth, <laughs> but then I thought to myself, do you know what? You've got a huge platform here that you can help a lot of people with. The amount of messages I get about addiction and, mm. you know, saying that you've inspired me or I've been two months clean, thinking that somebody in the world is two months clean off drugs that could have killed them because mm. of something I said on TV. It's such a throwaway thing. Like, oh, yeah, I told people I was an addict on TV. But then you see the reaction it has for young people. It's 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 quite mind-blowing and humbling and crazy <laughs> i think that's where you get to the heart though of of the show yeah you get sub stories on x factor you might see a glimpse of people's lives on other reality shows but i think with drag race there's a whole thing like particularly with the lgbtq community everything surrounding drag there are a lot of people who go through the competition who are literally almost coming out again Look at the issues that got raised like just on Drag Race UK. There was addiction. There was the marriage equality in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Stuff that people, a lot of people didn't have a clue about. Something wrong. You know, yes. her parents didn't know she was a drag queen. There is times when the fandom will be like, oh, here we go, a sob story. I feel they're genuine things that come up in conversation because when we're all at that mirror putting our makeup on, we all have a genuine conversation. It shows how much of a safe place it is. Yes, there are story producers that will say, do you want to talk about your time in school? And that is it. And then stories from school will naturally come. Because sometimes we would be sat there silent and we'd all just put in our... And then you, you, you kind of get, you guys, you're making a TV show here, come on. So maybe do you want to talk about how you came out? Hmm. And then that will springboard a genuine story from someone. Like, what would you say to people who maybe have looked at the show and gone, oh, that's blatantly a fix. You knew that Vivian was going to win from day one. I was never I wasn't, I wasn't. was never approached for the show. Yes, because I had a history with Drag Race, but I was never approached for the show. I was never asked to audition. I had to go through all the stages like everyone else. Never got any help. Not These shows are never fixed. They don't know who's going to win. You never know who's going to go. Look, when I walked in that room and saw Gothy, she is stunning. She's 19 years old or 20 years old. And then... Episode one, she was gone, and it was heartbreaking yeah. to watch. But you're all, but then I, you also kind of go, oh well, I thought she was going to do really well, 
And I don't know, it's so scary. You never know how you're going to do on Drag Race. So during your experience on Drag Race, one of the defining moments was 100% the Snatch Game. (laughs) Oh my, that was incredible. I'm sure you hear it all the time. (laughs) But firstly, before we even delve into it, just explain what the Snatch Game is for anyone who hasn't watched the show. (laughs) It was actually started by Queens in L.A., so it's basically blankety blank for the UK listeners or match game for the US listeners. And you have to impersonate a celebrity on it. So Rue asks the questions and you've got to fill in the blank, but as the character. So I was Donald Trump. I was the president of the United States. I was an absolute <laughs> asshole. Um, <laughs> um, just hilarity ensues. Sometimes it's a great character. Sometimes it goes like down like a lead balloon. It's the one episode of Drag Race that everyone waits for. If you get onto Snatch Game, I think you've made it. And if you win Snatch Game, that was the one challenge that I went there to to win. And I, I could have gone home the week after and I'd, I'd have been happy. Obviously, there's a lot that's kind of left to chance when you're in a reality TV show. But when you're in a competition, I mean, you're there to win, right? So you have yeah. to be quite strategic. How did you come to the decision? What was the thinking behind it? Because as you said, that was like your benchmark. You were you were going for that goal. Well, what you've just said is perfect. Like, how do you be strategic about it? And that was probably the most strategic thing I did on the show because A, RuPaul is American. So if I'd have done somebody like Pat Butcher, would he have got that? Donald Trump is probably the most famous person in the world right now, as much as we hate to say it and as much as he's an arsehole. It was, it was kind of a risk because it was A, it was a male character. B, it was somebody that the public could have gone like, oh my God, why the hell are you doing Trump? But I think I did it in such a way and used it cleverly to kind of make an arse out of him and show show the world how ridiculous he is. Because I was kind of saying stuff that he'd actually said, which makes it even worse because you're like, oh my <laughs> yeah. God, Donald, he's, he's actually said these things. Like, how is that a president? <laughs> <laughs> You know, Snatch Game is all about having fun with Rue. And, it's you know, it's never about having the right answer on your card. And then the moment that stood out for me in your drag race was when Rue said after Snatch Game that that was probably the best impression that he'd ever seen in yeah, all of the I series mean, of drag races. When, when RuPaul says to you that it was probably better than Alec Baldwin, who does Trump on Saturday Night Live, I was like, what has just happened? People were underestimating Drag Race UK. There was a lot of chit-chat about, is it going to be crap? Is it going to be a knockoff version? Are the queens going to be wannabes of the US? I think we showed so much. It was so genuine. And a lot of people were saying it's the best season in years because it went back to that genuine drag queens doing drag because they love it. And there was never that cookie cutter of, all right, well, I'm going to be the Vanjie of this season or I'm going to be the Bianca of this season because there was no other seasons of Drag Race UK to go off. Mm. So we were kind of like the... We've set the benchmark, so it's yeah. quite nice. <laughs> you've set the bar high. Let me tell you, you've set it high. So after all of your experiences on reality TV, what is real to you? Oh, my God. Knocking back off all the questions that we've asked, I think it's definitely being yourself, being genuine, having fun. Look at these. They've all come down into one question. Mm. Respecting people as well. I think reality TV is people don't realize how much how many people go into creating a show yeah meeting these people and giving them so much respect to what they do a great feedback we always got of everyone on drag race was how lovely we all were and thanking these people at the end of every day and respecting them because i think it's super easy to go onto reality tv suddenly think you're marvelous and you're a star yeah. you know just saying like oh get me a water or something like that it was like it was like the water's there get it yourself <laughs> 
Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you have people called runners and stuff like that on, mm-hmm. as you know, on reality TV. Listen, they're there to assist you if you need it. Just have respect for people. And what I'm trying to say is it's a very small knit community, like I've just said. Now, if word gets down that you're they've asked to book you for celebrity juice and they run it past whoever, and they'll go, Oh, well, no, actually, because she was a bitch on drag race, or she was a nightmare to work with. It all works in your favour to be a nice person. Yeah, I think what's real to you is just being true to your character. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, treat people how you want to be treated. You will have a long and successful career, hopefully. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you so much for sharing your realities with me. It's been amazing. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I've had a ball. Honest to God, we always bump into each other. Yes. And um, hopefully once all this lockdown is over, maybe we could do something together and yes. you know, go, go and have a piss up. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I absolutely loved that chat. I was so excited to talk to the Vivian. I had high expectations, but she did not let me down. She's hilarious, so talented, and I loved learning about all the behind the scenes action on Drag Race. Now, if you enjoyed that episode as much as I did, then please leave us a five-star rating, give us a review, let us know how you feel about it, and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any episodes. And let everybody know about this. We need to spread the word to as many people as possible. So use the hashtag reality of reality TV on socials. And you can tag me at Fleur East and let me know what you think. I'm bringing you fresh episodes every single Tuesday. So join me next time where I catch up with X Factor star Janet Devlin. We were about to go into the second verse. And do you know the bile that comes up in your throat? No, no, no way. And at that moment, I had to make a choice as to whether or not I swallow that. Whoa. Or do I be the girl who throws up a natural television? See you then. (laughs) 